Welcome to Baby Wearing and Breastfeeding, Nurturing Miracles, a podcast dedicated to the unique challenges and joys of parenting medically complex kids. Each week, we'll engage in discussions relevant to all parents navigating their children's illnesses. I'm your host, Megan Pa, a lactation consultant and mom to a medically complex child, here to share insights and support on this nurturing journey. Welcome back, guys, to Baby Wearing and Breastfeeding Miracles, the podcast where we talk about all things baby wearing and breastfeeding, specifically tailored to medically complex kids. I'm your host, Megan Pa. I'm the mom of medically complex kid that I baby wore and breastfed, and today's things really helped us through a lot of uh, challenges. Today, I'm super excited. Um, I have got a great, great guest today for you guys, Cassidy Eisenfeld. She is the at Let's Talk Baby Wearing Mama, and she's also a mom of three. So I'm sure you guys, if you are on Instagram and you are into baby wearing at all, you know exactly who she is. She is fantastic. She knows everything about carriers, anything and everything you need to know. So Cassie, I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you very much for um, giving up a little bit of your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to do this. (laughs) So let's dive right in. I'm actually really curious because I know that you and I haven't talked about it before, but did you get into baby wearing like as soon as you had your first or is this something that you kind of fell into maybe when baby number two came around and you needed hands free because you had a baby and a toddler? Like what led you to baby wearing? So I was actually a nanny for a long time before, and one of the families that I worked for, I started babysitting or nannying their newborn, and they had two carriers, and I got to use those and figure them out, and I kind of realized just how much better it made everything. So she actually ended up gifting those to me when I was pregnant with my first, and those were my first carriers, and I already knew how to use them, which was really nice. It kind of just started from there. Oh, that's a really cool story. I didn't even know that. So, like, you were ready. I feel like so many moms, um, myself included, like, even just handling a baby, like, when you have your first baby, like, it's your first time doing it. I do remember, like, I tried babysitting once when I was, like, 13, and it was terrible. Like, I literally babysat these two little boys and then called my mother, who, because we were in the same neighborhood, I was like, I can't do this. Can we get these kids? <laughs> Can we get your kid and take care of these kids? So, I'm, so, okay, what, what were the carriers? So, what were the carriers that she gifted to you? So she had an Ergo Original with the infant insert, and that's the one that I primarily used. And then she also had an original OB. So that one I didn't use very much with her baby because I was like, what in the world is this? Mm -hmm. So I ended up, I would take that little baby though. We'd go for walks all the time around the house. I'd have him in the carrier. He was a reflux baby which ended up helping me because I ended up having reflux babies. So I just like recognized really quick. He did so well when he was in the carrier and it was like his little happy place. So it was really nice to then take that into my own. Oh, I love that so much. 
Uh, you know, what's funny is like literally those two carriers were the exact carriers that I had when I had my first like over 12 years ago. I had the Moby and I remember I had to watch a YouTube video like four times <laughs> before I could like figure it out and put him in, but he loved it. And then when he got bigger, I used to, or when he was like around five or six months, I started using the Ergo. But did you at any point, like when you were nannying or when you had your first, did you like, hey, I wonder what this is all about and like go on and like research, you know, baby wearing benefits and like all of that good stuff? Not as much. It was more, I recognized right from the very beginning that I was not doing well mentally sitting on the couch all day nursing my baby so that was basically my first thing was how do I make this carrier work for me I need it and so I was doing the research just on how to make it work <laughs> to start I was like I need to be able to move I need to be able to be up <laughs> totally and get out of the house god that is like my favorite thing because like as a lactation consultant, that's one of the first things, like even if we're not ready, because like if we're working on latch and like latch is painful, we've got other issues going on. Nursing in a carrier is not the first thing I'm teaching somebody, but I, I put it in the back of their heads because I'm like, you have to sit down to nurse anywhere from eight to 12 times a day. That's like a lot of sitting. And so for women, especially that are struggling or that have a hard time getting out of the house, they're like thinking, how am I going to do this out of the house? when I just put it in the back of their mind, like when you're ready, you can nurse in your carrier and you can just use the carrier so that you're not sitting down constantly. And there's like this whole world out there that you can go out and enjoy. Yeah. You mentioned that it was emotionally beneficial for you. Did you kind of go in and you also kind of hinted too that maybe one of your babies had reflex. Did you also get physical benefits out of it either for yourself or for your baby? Yeah, I mean, it was, so I had three reflex baby, reflux babies, and two were, like, pretty severe reflex, and the first one, I just, she puked constantly, I mean, it was just constant geyser of <laughs> puking, and so I did notice, though, that she was happier being upright, and that's why within two weeks, I mean, my latch they always told me my latch was great, but it was the most horribly painful thing in my life. Like I did, mm. I did not ever have a good latch with her. Um, I mean, I had all of the things that they say you shouldn't have the entire year I nursed her, but I noticed that at least having her upright in the carrier, she wasn't in pain. She wasn't like doing a lot of the things that she did as much when we had her laying down. Yeah. So yeah, it helped. And then afterwards, too, like I noticed if I nursed her upright and then kept her upright in the carrier for at least 10 to 15 minutes afterwards, then we had so much like she was at least not in the severity of pain. She might still yeah. puke all over me, <laughs> which I got used to just wearing five, six giant burp claws all the time. But she wasn't in pain and screaming hysterically. So that was incredible. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, that and that's really important because it is so difficult to watch our babies be in pain, and there's what can, like we don't know what to do about it. So I'm wondering, did they give you um, any other recommendations besides keeping her upright? Um, what did you find out on your own that was helpful? Just with the nursing 
part or so with reflux yeah oh um with her I mean I went to so many lactation consultants I went to our pediatrician I went to everyone being like this isn't working this hurts this is terrible like I don't know what to do and I mean that was just the same things getting told your your latch looks good you know maybe she did a lot of the clicking and I had the lipstick nipple <laughs> and a lot of all of the things that they say it shouldn't look like but then they would say physically like looking at her mouth the latch looked good and so I never really figured out that part of it with her but I mean they also would just tell me with reflux specifically either we'll put her on medication or keep her upright and so yeah. my thing was I'm going to keep her upright because we were also told that you know there are different risks to putting her on medication yeah. And that is what's really always tough with reflex babies is because you're trying to balance like anytime we're putting a child on medication, we're always trying to balance the risks and the benefits. This is for anything. And so that's why, like, I think talking through this is really important because, yeah, I want to like, you know, dive into more like medically complex babies, but like anybody listening, like anytime your child's going through a bout of illness or like reflux can actually be pretty common with babies, you know, and there's more, there's more serious degrees of it um, where we are having to put babies on medication and then you're balancing it. And so what you're looking at is, is that baby gaining weight? You know, like that's really, really important. Are they gaining weight? Are they hitting their milestones? So if they're not gaining weight, then you might, that is something that you would have to consider, but you can definitely go through all the things first, right? So a lot of the things that, um, what Cassidy is talking about is keeping the baby upright for 15 to 20 minutes after every single meal. Some of the things that I talk to parents about is people don't realize this, but actually a tongue tie um, reflex or silence reflex is a symptom of having a tongue tie. And so that sometimes is not apparent to people. And I, I love pediatricians, but I will be the first person to say like, that's not their specialty. They may get four hours of lactation education in medical school. And I have no idea how much they would get on like oral ties. You know, I'm, I can't imagine that it would be really more than lactation stuff. So, so important for you to like, for any mom listening to be able to, to advocate and then see the right providers. So see lactation consultants, see an otolaryngologist um, to have baby's mouth evaluated because sometimes like if baby is still gaining weight, we'll think, oh, we don't need to address any potential tie. But if they're still having such terrible reflux and they're uncomfortable and it's after every feed, then it might be another consideration for you. So I just kind of wanted to put that out there for a lot of the moms listening that, you know, part of this is like, you really have to be your baby's advocate when you become a parent. Like it's so important, but that's one of the reasons why like baby wearing is one of the things that I actually always recommend to my moms with reflex too, is because you, if you're having to keep that baby upright pretty much all throughout the day, you might as well be putting them in a carrier so that you can move this around too. So that's really interesting. And I'm, I'm curious, did anybody talk to you? Like what I'm, I just want to hear more of your journey, like with the, with that baby or your subsequent children, did anybody evaluate what do they say about tongue ties like so i did ask specifically with my first and third and they said there was none however 
I, I don't know that there was ever a tongue tie, but I do feel like there's a good likelihood there was a lip tie with my first mm-hmm. because when she fell when she was about 18 months old and she split it and there was you know a lot of bleeding, there was a yeah. lot of tissue there. So that always made me kind of wonder. But then I, I will say too, we did discover some allergies and that played a big part in the reflex as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was one thing that we figured out ourselves with just allergies. I, yeah. I was told by a doctor for my health, I had to cut some stuff because I was allergic to it and trying to still eat it. And as soon as I cut it, then she was better. And I was like, that's wow. amazing. Yeah. And you're hitting the nail on the head. Like, and that's so much what like being in the medical field, like it's, it's a little bit like you're a detective, you're Sherlock Holmes in there because one of the, like you just said, one of the things I'm like, all right, well, if clearly we know it's not a tie, then the next thing we go down to is, you know, um, is it an allergy? Right. And then we're also looking for other signs, but actually the other things that can happen too, for babies that have a lot of reflux, if, if mom has a huge supply or like an oversupply and then they're chugging constantly and like, so, so like there's other things you got to kind of, that's why I think it's so important that if your baby is showing symptoms, you've got to, um, you actually need to go in because <laughs> you could Google all day long and you're like, I don't know. So seeing somebody can help you kind of go through that um, Sherlock Holmes investigation. Okay. So I'm wondering, can you um, talk us through the different types of carriers? What is, I know there's like, I feel like there's a million, but if you were going to put them in a category, what types of carriers are out there? And can you kind of describe each one for us? Can definitely do that. I'm just going to go to my website because I just, yeah. like I just, just laid them all out. <laughs> like, let me make this easier on myself. But first, would, I'm just going to start with stretchy wraps. Um, that's kind of the one that most people are first introduced to when they have a newborn. So stretchy wraps are just a long, stretchy piece of fabric. They can stretch in one way or two ways, different directions, but they all have stretch to them. And they're a carrier that's more designed for, you know, those first few months or up to about 20-ish pounds, completely dependent on the carrier, but around there. And they only tend to work well on the front or hip, but it does kind of, they're a good one for nursing often, depending on how stretchy that fabric is, because sometimes you can just use your arms inside the carrier and gently shift Mm -hmm. baby down, or you can easily pull them in and out. So those are always a good option. And then... If you want to stick with that long piece of fabric type idea, there are woven wraps, which are same thing, a long piece of fabric. They just have no stretch. So they're a very stiff sounds wrong. (laughs) They're a very sturdy piece of fabric, but they can be very moldable and soft and just a really nice, I don't know how to put it without (laughs) sounding like they're stiff because they're not stiff, but they are very supportive. There's less tension is what I would think of. Mm-hmm. So they have just, uh, they're a much more versatile option. You only need one Passover baby. You can be on the front hip or the back. And I mean, you could even do tandem carries with them. So those are another option. And then you get into buckle carriers, which is the, so most people either get a stretchy wrap or a buckle carrier or both of those. And buckle carriers are super easy to nurse in for the average person. They 
quick and easy to put on. They're a little more intuitive for a lot of people. There is a wide range of buckle carriers and some more so than others. And then you've got, I'm going to kind of put mid eyes and half buckles in the same thing. Basically it's wrap, which could be thin or wide. And those would be the shoulder straps are almost always in both of those. They're going to be a fabric piece of link. Sorry, I'm making this really confusing, but they're going to um, be something that you tie around your body. You can make it very custom fit to your body. So it's a lot easier, regardless of your size, to get the perfect fit for you. And then some have a buckle waistband with a little more support, or they just have a tie waistband. And then there are wing slings, which are a simple piece of fabric. And it could be that woven, like a woven wrap material, or it could be other fabrics. They're all woven fabrics that are sturdy. But that's going to be, again, it's just a single piece of fabric. It has two rings that put it together. And those are another one that's actually a lot of people with larger chests find that a mm -hmm. ring sling can be the perfect option for them because it really allows you to lower and loosen and allow baby to sit out a little bit more if needed. And you can just kind of use one arm to support them. So... Those are another good option. Like I'm glad you mentioned the ring sling, actually. I, the, and I'm jumping in only because it was recently that I had a patient come in that wanted to learn in her carrier. And she had um, a stretchy wrap and she had a ring sling. And I was like, let's start with the ring sling. I'm like, I'm, not, I'm feeling that that's our thing. And she was able to do it. She She's a well-endowed mama. And it really worked so well for her. And yeah, so like, I, I love that. So with, with any of these carriers, you can nurse in any of them. It's just like, sometimes some work better for different body shapes or different, you know, what your wants and needs are and than others. But okay. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was so excited yeah. when you said that, cause I was like, yeah, ring slings do work really well. Yeah, I know. They're like one of those ones. Although I have to say it's, it's for people who can figure them out. Because I find yeah. people with ring slings fall into the either this thing is impossible or, oh my yeah. gosh, this is the easiest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. And those people that I was that person first for the first two babies, ring slings were just, oh my gosh, I, I would have it's told like, you that they were the worst carrier in the world, which is not true. <laughs> no. And it's like, Absolutely. it's like learning Latin, right? But yeah. some people just get it and others so, are like, what? <laughs> I know. I was always like, this baby's going to fall out. How do I keep him in? And now I'm just like, how, how did I struggle with this? Yeah. It, it, it was a very big struggle. And I, I never used, like I tried using it, but I just gave up until toddlerhood for my first mm -hmm. two really. But then with my first, or sorry, my third, I got it right with a newborn. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is what it's supposed to be like. <laughs> This is such a beautiful and easy to use carrier. Yeah, totally. And I didn't mean to catch you off if you had any other, but it's really interesting because some sometimes that's what, number one, I love that there's like a huge variety of carriers out there because some people need to just be like, I don't have the mental headspace to learn this right now. And they need to go with what's like the easiest thing for them, whatever that may be. And other people are like, okay, like this is going really well for me. I'm taking to being a new mother. Like I have the, 
headspace to be able to learn different things. Um, and then once you get it, you get it. And so then it's just like, it's fun. I think when it comes to like stretchy wraps and woven wraps, like the way that you tie those onto your body can be largely the same with both, but the material is vastly different. And so you might use it differently. And then, you know, each thing is, is there's going to be like some variations, but also I think that some people will gravitate towards some carriers during the early weeks and months, and then they switch to the other, to other carriers when their babies get bigger. And that's all good. What would your recommendations be for parents when they are, so new parents or parents adding it to like their baby registry? What would your recommendations be when they are trying to choose a carrier? Look, if possible, look at a source that's going. So I feel like every time I look at like baby lists and all of these other places, they have their carrier recommendations and they're almost always the ones that people come to me and tell me, this thing is so uncomfortable. I hate baby wearing. And I'm like, why do they keep making these lists? I know why, because they make money off of it. (laughs) (laughs) So frustrating because like the baby Bjorn mini can work for some people for that very early, earliest time period because it's intuitive and easy for people, but it doesn't put baby in the best position Mm -hmm. for the most part. And people don't know how to properly use it for the most part. And then when their baby even hits 12 pounds sometimes, they're like, this baby wearing is horrible. It's so uncomfortable. Like, I don't understand why people do this. And it's like, well, it's the carrier. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not you. It's not your baby. It's the carrier. It's just, it's not going to be as supportive and beneficial for you or baby's body. And I see so many people walking around with their baby in positions where baby is so uncomfortable and they're just, hanging and dangling and the parent is so confused as to why baby's not comfortable and it's because they keep seeing all this messaging of this is this is what it looks like this is your baby in a carrier but it's not good position so i'd try to find a source that kind of goes over all the options whether that's me or other baby wearing educators and take a minute to kind of look at the different options and think of what's going to be actually ergonomic for your baby, put them in a position where there's a good chance they're going to be comfortable, and then learn about that carrier even before your baby arrives. If you can even just go to, I always recommend like consignment stores and stuff because they often have a bunch of used wraps or different things, and you can go in there and try them, feel them, see what they're like before your baby arrives. Because if you know how to use that thing before baby gets here, you're just setting yourself up for success. I mean, even myself, I knew how to use carriers before my first baby. And yet when I tried to use that Moby wrap the first time, I was like, what in the world? Because I hadn't pulled it out and tried it again. And so it was, it was so confusing. You've got new mom brain. I mean, definitely try them before baby gets there. Yeah. I love that. And so would you suggest, okay, I'm, when you say that, try it before baby arrives, I think that is the best advice. As much as you can plan out as a pregnant and expectant mama, there are so many things that are good to like try to prep yourself for before baby arrives. Baby wearing is one of them. Lactation is another one. Taking a childbirth education class about like what to expect and like, all the things. It's really good to kind of have a, a somewhat of a idea before those things arrive. But 
kind of getting back to like baby wearing, um, what I'm thinking of when you say that is um, absolutely, if you've got like a baby wearing group in your area, definitely hit one of those up. Because from from my experience, and I don't know, like if there's still a ton of them around, I think COVID killed a lot of groups and person groups, and then they just didn't really rebound. But if you can find one in your area, they typically have like a lending library, which I think is awesome. So then you can not only can you like try it on, but you get instruction from the big ring educator that leads it that can help you with it. The other thing I was thinking, and I would love for you to like add on, but not being afraid to like ask your friends who have babies to just try on their carrier. And um, but I would do it with something in, in my head. I'm like, if I, in an ideal world, I would like carry around a baby doll and like have a stuffed animal or something and like try it on with something just so that you, it's more of a realistic thing. What, what are some other ways that you can think of that parents without like going out and buying all the carriers? Like, absolutely. I think everybody should be like following you, watching YouTube videos. I think that helps. And they could be doing that at home, right? Like watching some of your videos um, and then practicing with the baby, baby, those baby carriers at home. But I think, like, how could they get their hands on those without like going out and like just spending a ton of money? So like I mentioned, consignment stores, even Goodwill, there's a lot of baby specific places that have used ones that, I mean, you literally walk in and there's a whole rack, rack sorry, rack of different carriers. Um, other thing, like you said, friends, uh, you could go on mom groups online and Ooh, that's hey, good. I'm yeah. having a baby soon. Is there anyone who can kind of walk me through this or has someone that I can try a lot, a lot of people have carriers sitting around their house that yep. they are happy to let you use yeah. or even take. You can find gently used carriers. You might be paying 10 to $15 to get a couple different ones, but I mean, that's very small amount compared to what you'd pay brand new. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm always a fan of gently used. All of my first carriers were gently used. That's great advice. So consignment. Yeah, that I love that advice. And oh my gosh, but also you could be there shopping for like cute clothes and shoes, but consignment stores is the way to go. Consignment. I love that advice, like mom groups. Like I didn't even think about that, like going on Facebook, right? Because there's definitely a lot of like baby wearing Facebook groups on um, and, and you don't even, they don't even have to be baby wearing specific. They could just be like mom groups because it, it's so widely spread now that I'm sure, like you said, there's going to be moms that like, my baby's bigger. I've got a ton. Here you go. I love that. So what would you say though? Like some people coming into this might be hesitant. There might be some like common misconceptions about baby wearing. What, what would the, what are those misconceptions you hear most often? Oh, First is that it's spoiling them or they're never going to want to be put down. And I think this is kind of twofold in that, yes, a baby that's held is going to want to be held, but that's what babies want. Like biologically, they mm -hmm. want to be close to you and near you. So kind of having that expectation going into parenting can really, really help because I found even for myself, knowing babies, but just having in the back of my head things that people have said about how babies, you know, you, you need to put baby down as much as you can, put them in a swing, put them on the ground. Like they should always be put down as much as possible. Like even though part of me didn't feel like that was true, I'd heard it so many times. I started feeling 
guilty or like something was wrong with me and my baby because they wanted help so much. And so going into parenting, knowing that they're going to want to be held can really help. Um, of course, you can train anything to just be left alone. I mean, mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily what, you know, what is best for them, but also what, I don't know how to put that without. Stamping. No, I, I'm really happy that you brought that one up because that's something that uh, what we hear, I think, from society um, and at least in our, you know, American culture is we are very strong proponents of independence and it starts from birth. But the reality is we did things a certain way thousands of years ago. Like we held babies all the time and biologically, actually, there is research to support this. Infants do not come out with the ability to, to control their own cortisol levels. Cortisol is that stress hormone in the body. And so when, when they start crying and they start getting worked up and upset, they, they are very poor. They cannot bring themselves down. What brings them down is being held, being comforted. And so we really, because in this culture, in our country, we have gotten, we were, we pushed so much for independence. We got away from that. And we were like, as you mentioned, train them to do something else. But the reality of the situation is that's just biologically not how human beings are designed. We are bi biologically designed to be hands-on caretakers for our babies. And that means that when they cry, we pick them up. And by responding to them and by helping them maintain their own cortisol levels by picking them up, over time, that is how they are able to maintain it. And so they're able to regulate it better as older children and as adults. So I'm really glad that you brought that one up. That one's so important because I think a lot of people and we hear it, we hear all kinds of things from like well-meaning well -meaning relatives that like, you know, like raised, raised me, you know, like 40 years ago. And I'm like, that's just not how I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. And too, like every everyone talks about like you need to, it's selfish to just keep your baby to yourself and it's like baby is their own human being what they need and want is their primary caregivers mm -hmm. so this idea of well just have somebody else hold them like if the parent is happy to hold them and they can utilize baby wearing to keep them close like why are we pushing this keep baby away from mom kind of mentality it just it yeah. it's so strange to me and it also really affected my mental health postpartum with my first because I thought I was being so selfish that I mm -hmm. wanted to hold my baby and I didn't want to give her to everyone the second I walked into a room with her with some other person. And so. Yeah, oh, Cassie, was... you're bringing up such good topics. I'm like so excited about it. Um, what you're describing is something that um and i'm i did i totally stole this from from another birth worker it's called mothering the mom so again it's another thing that we do in this culture is we think that to be helpful we go into a, a new mama's home and we take the baby or we are we or the new mama goes somewhere and somebody takes the baby but in reality what we need is not taking the baby from us new mothers need to learn how to be mothers and yeah of course yes like 
please, everybody listening, know that obviously there are going to be times when we need a break. That's not really what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is mothering the mom, encouraging the mom to be a mom and supporting her in that capacity, which is a lot like in those early weeks or months, that's a lot like supporting her and removing a lot of her load her responsibilities in other ways coming into her home. And if you're visiting, instead of saying, let me take the baby from you doing chores, doing cleaning, older kids are like older kids can be entertained. Older kids, you can take them to the playground. You can, you know what I mean? Like there's lots of other ways that we can mother the mom and be supportive instead of saying, you know, let me take the baby from you because mom needs to bond. She needs to figure that out. And I would actually say that's like, you know, especially true. Um, you know, like of moms that have medically complex kids or sick babies. And um, a lot of the times with some, with some, there are obviously vast varying degrees of like medical complexities. But I can tell you the last thing that I wanted was to pass off my medically fragile baby <laughs> at a family party. And also the any minute that I got holding that child, like it's just a different story. Like any, not knowing what the outcome would be with your kid, you know, because of stuff that they have going on, like with, with Tyson, and this is my story, but with Tyson, like we didn't think that he was going to, we were told twice that he wasn't going to make it. We were told that he wasn't going to make it to the first year without needing a kidney transplant. And you can't do that with, you can't put a large kidney into an infant's body. And so any minute that I got holding him, like I wasn't sharing, (laughs) I was not sharing my baby. So baby wearing was such a huge help for me because I did need to do other things besides just hold him, but I could hold him 24 hours a day and then do other things. So yeah, I'm really glad that you brought that up. That was a good one. I do had that option. Yes, I know. Do you, and like, it's really funny because baby wearing is not new. It's been around for like thousands of years and just, I think, I don't know, Joanna, you know, would know this better, but like maybe culturally it started becoming more of a thing here in the eighties. I don't know for exact, like the right decade really, but do you notice um, how it's different culturally here in the States? Like baby wearing, do some, do some particular cultures gravitate certain to certain carriers, whereas others will gravitate to another variety? Like, is there, will they wear longer? Like, what do you notice that's different about baby wearing amongst cultures? I mean, cultures that have a long history where there was no breakup, because like Europeans baby wore. It's not like they just magically didn't and everyone else did, but they had that period where they went through this babies need to be independent and you know the invention of the stroller and all of that mm-hmm. where baby wearing sort of sidelined and was for the poor people who couldn't afford a stroller or things like that um but cultures where that never happened where baby wearing has kind of remained consistent i find they're kind of less likely to lean towards something with buckles and all of these fancy new innovations so like mm-hmm. my simple piece of fabric looks fabulously why would i spend all of this extra money on all these fancy gadgets. Like what's the point here? And then you see like a lot of European countries have more shifted with that woven wrap 70s where a woven wrap was kind of became sort of this tool in some of the European countries. And they're like, hey, 
this is cool. So I see a lot more European wear is using woven wraps or half buckles or mid eyes with that wrap material. Um, whereas in the US and Australia, I think we kind of tend towards, so Australia, UK, Canada, and US, I might've repeated myself there, <laughs> but those four countries tend towards buckle and stretchy. Uh, like stretchy wraps and buckle carriers, but it's definitely starting to like the, it, the inspiration, you know, taking, you know, things that people have been using forever, just simple fabrics. It's definitely starting to make its way here a bit more where there's more options. You don't only see buckle carriers and stretchy wraps. I mean, ring slings have really become popular. And I mean, they were probably one of the first carriers that kind of was popular, but then it seemed like uh, buckle carriers quickly kind of take over. Like everywhere I go, I see people using buckle carriers or a stretchy mm -hmm. wrap. I almost never see people using ring slings, but I think there are pockets in the U.S. where ring slings are super popular too. So I kind of went off. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm actually fascinated. Now I want to do like a whole little side research project on like what pockets of the U.S. gravitate towards what type of carrier and why. Like, I'm so interested. Uh, I mean, I think number one, what the point to get across is that um, baby wearing can be simple. You can literally use what you have around the house sometimes. Or you can, you know, if that if sometimes using what you have around the house, like, you know, doing woven wraps or stretchy wraps, it's not as intuitive for you. There's a lot of options. So to me, people, when I think of like buckle carriers, I think of the people that are like in their mind, they're like, I don't want to have to think about it. I just want to like pop it on and go or whatever. And which is really truly possible with pretty much any carrier. It's just some people feel like there's a learning curve in their brain, but that's fascinating. I, I want a side project now on <laughs> like which region is doing what. Okay. So do you think, speaking of like which region is doing what, do you think that like maybe weather and climate has something to do with it? You know, for example, like maybe people that are farther south and hotter climates gravitate to things that, um, to carriers that like maybe aren't so thick or breathable. I don't know. Like, I guess maybe oh, yeah. there's options as far as like breathability across all the different carrier types. What do you think? There is because basic cloth was the primary carrier type across the world. I mean, there's areas where it wasn't like um, a lot of the native people to America, you know, the Americas, you know, South America is more, you know, the traditional, just a piece of fabric, but then you also had the more structured, why is that word not coming to me right now? Cradle boards. Um, so cradle boards like were used a lot, but it was, if you think about it, I mean, those are more common in the cooler regions. Mm -hmm. And in some ways I kind of think of like the modern day hiking carriers or soft structured carriers kind of, and then, kind of taking a little bit of influence from that. From cradle boards? To, yeah. I mean, yeah, I kind of like, can see it. Yeah. Especially the structured hiking packs. Um, Ooh, yeah. Oh, girl, I never thought about that like that way. But you're absolutely right. Like when I think of like the structured hiking packs, like the carriers, like that's absolutely what I like the visual is like the cradle boards. Yeah. yeah. But 
And so I think there's definitely a part to that, the fabrics that are chosen. And I mean, if you're in a cold climate, you can't like, uh, certain, you know, some populations use, they just had their babies in their hoods. Like they had these giant baby wearing coats where babies sat in the hood, right? Nestled right next to mom's head and were super cozy in there. And, you know, they couldn't just strap baby to them with a simple piece of fabric on the back. Like baby would have froze. So they utilize different things. And I think we still do that, except like you said, I mean, you can find a super thick wool carrier that is super cozy and warm that the average person in Florida is like, what in the world would you use that for? They're like, I want a mesh or like super lightweight fabric. So you can kind of find it across the board and it literally woven wraps you can find super, super thin, super thick buckle carriers, ring slings, like any carrier type now has so much variety. There's, there's yeah. just so many options now. So like if I was a new parent and I'm almost grateful that like I started having babies 12 years ago because there's not this huge variety, like I would be overwhelmed. And I imagine some parents who are trying, who are expecting or have had a baby and they're trying to weed through all of the options probably get a little bit overwhelmed by all of like everything out there. What do you, what advice do you have? Like where, what starting point, where should they start from? Like when they are looking to search, like I know we talked a little bit about, Hey, like try things out when you're, when you're still pregnant and when you're looking like try things out, go through that, go through the process of like um, consignment stores and Facebook groups and all that. But like, what advice do you have for them for, for narrowing that down? I would take, like, maybe even jot down a couple of things that is what's important to you. So, like, for us, we were doing a lot of hiking and stuff. There are certain things that I want in a carrier as a person who's going hiking a lot. Whereas for somebody who is, like, primarily, I just want something where I can, you know, have baby cozy in there, walk around the house you know, do the dishes or whatever, kind of relax and lounge with them and be super comfortable. Or, you know, maybe you really love intricate styles and you want to spend time learning different things and you want the nicest fabrics and stuff. Like jot down a couple of things that are really important to you and then take that or cost. I mean, that might be like the biggest factor, mm -hmm. but finding those things that are really important to you can then help when you're looking at a carrier, like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Because if for me, like looking at a ring sling, if my primary purpose for a carrier is to go hiking, a ring sling doesn't make sense. Like a lot of carrier types don't make sense. I think that's also recognizing that there's no one perfect carrier. Like you're going to be fine if you get a general soft structured carrier, like it is gonna work for most people. It's just knowing like, hey, I'm going to be in the water all the time. So maybe I want a carrier that's also water friendly or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Or I want something that has a lot of pockets. I want something super lightweight. Like don't go towards, you know, a super thick woven wrap that, you know, is really long and requires lots of, you know, passes around you both. <laughs> so I think that can really help. Also, um, I think educators putting out simple, basic lists of these are some really good options. 
for most people. And I've been trying to work on that myself because as my sister said, she's like, I was like, but I, but there's so many good options. I don't want to just, and she's like, but most parents want three things they can look at. Like mm-hmm. give them three that are a good option that will work for most people. And then they can be like, okay, no, no, yes, this is the one. So I think kind of having those places where you can look for something simple, but having a good idea of what you want can help. Like I made that even more confusing. <laughs> no, I think that was absolutely perfect. And I really break it down to three things, right? So look at your lifestyle look, you know, look at the resources you have around you, try different things when you're pregnant. Um, And then honestly, for anybody listening, you know, I want you to know where to find Cassidy, because she's going to be one of the best people to look, look for and look to for trying to figure out what is going to be right for you. So Cassidy, can you tell us where to find you? And I'm like, super excited that you've got all this good stuff coming up on your website. Like, is that is it ready yet? When will it be ready? Like, Tell us all the things. Okay, so I have a website. It's letstalkbabywriting.com. And I have gotten started. So I have a general it's a general guide that has three options for newborns, you know, general infant carrier, a toddler carrier, and then water carriers. So I have that that's all ready to go. You can just sign up for an email and get the freebie. And then I also have up already a list of some stretchy wraps that are absolutely amazing in different price points, some ring slings, and then water carriers. I'm working on getting the rest updated. I mean, these should all be up in the next couple of weeks. And then I also do reviews. So if you see a specific carrier that you think, oh, this looks really nice, I have reviews and I'm working on getting more up that kind of go over the pros and cons of everything so that you can say, you know, determine if that sounds like it's actually going to be the best option for you because it's hard when you can't touch and feel everything. So I'm trying to really lay all of that out. Like this waistband is really rigid and supportive or this is really soft and, you know, it's still supportive, but it's going to be a little less supportive, but you know, pros and cons because everything has pros and cons. So hopefully people will be able to find that. That's perfect. Thank you so much. And I appreciate it so much that you were able to join us today. It is so difficult when you're a mama and you've got three kids and then you also work to find time to do anything. Like, I'm so grateful. So um, for everybody listening, Cassidy has mentioned you can find her website. You can find her on Instagram, YouTube. Um, are you on TikTok? Yeah, you are. Yeah? TikTok. TikTok. Yep. <laughs> so all the places. You're on all the places. And yeah. I think your handle's the same everywhere. It's at Let's Talk Baby Wearing. So really easy to remember um, in the name. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate it, you guys. We will be back um, every Tuesday. So more on baby wearing and breastfeeding and your medically complex kiddos. So enjoy your week. Thank you all for joining us on today's episode of baby wearing and breastfeeding nurturing miracles. I hope you found our discussion enlightening and that you leave feeling supported and empowered. Remember, you are not alone on this journey. Tune in next week for more insights and conversations that connect us all in the shared experience of parenting. Until then, take care and cherish every miracle with your little ones.